Welcome to Uniquely Small Biz, a podcast where small business owners share their unique stories to inspire our listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Uniquely Small Biz by Selective Insurance, a podcast for small business owners to share their inspiring stories. I'm Carolyn McArdle, and we are so excited to be bringing you another round of insightful conversations with small business owners who are as unique as their ventures. Today, I'm speaking with a few people, actually. First of all, the co-owners of Good Judy Garage, Faith Haug and Cece, as well as their co-workers, Sophia and Tyler, and their dog, Nandor. We're going to talk about how Faith and Cece established their exciting small business, how they're changing the way people view trades, as well as the power behind being a shop that not only offers exceptional work, but where all are welcomed, regardless of orientation or presentation. Later, I'll be joined by the Assistant Vice President of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion and Employee Engagement at Selective Insurance, Gloria Ellis. It's time for Uniquely Small Biz, brought to you by Selective Insurance. So my first question, which I think is the obvious question, you guys, is what is a good Judy? Explain the name and what it is and the history and all that good stuff. So um, good Judy is a reference to Judy Garland, and she was a prominent advocate when LGBTQ rights weren't enacted. So um, talking about a good Judy is, you know, referencing to a good ally, a good friend of the LGBTQ plus community. So it's just kind of a stuck name, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of code speak for someone that is a safe place for the community. I love that. And who doesn't love Judy Garland? Right. Like everybody loves Judy Garland. Exactly. So tell us what you do exactly. What is your business about? So we are a automotive service and repair shop. We do mechanical repairs on just about any kind of auto. Yeah. Yeah. Automobiles. Uh, we do some stuff with motorcycles. We've done some scooters, done some motorhomes, all kinds of stuff. Where did the idea come from for the garage? So my background is in the sort of automotive industry, automotive world. It's been a huge passion for years, and I grow, grew up working in shops. My background as far as education is I have a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering, been around in various manufacturing industries, maintenance industries, managed a couple machine shops, some stuff like that. Always just wanted to sort of open a shop of my own. Um, and then at the same time, when I was thinking about transitioning, we're like, you know, where am I going to find an awesome shop to work while I'm going through that part of my life and stuff? And so, you know, we were kind of talking about it and we're like, you know, why don't we just open our own place and run with it? And so that's sort of where the, the idea came from. And the rest is kind of history. Okay, so you're Cece and Tyler and Sophia and Faith. How did you connect with Cece to open this business? Did you guys kind of have the same passion when you were younger or were you all friends and you Cece had that idea or how did this come to be? Well, I married Cece about seven years ago. So I did, we <laughs> were kind of kind of did it together. And then if you want to Tell them how you guys yeah, came around. Yeah, so um, I graduated with a bachelor's in psychology May of 2020 amid the height of the pandemic. And I kind of saw a way out for myself of doing a regular nine to five. 
just wasn't what I was into, and I really wanted to work with my hands. So I did some blue collar work uh, here and there, and then I moved to Denver, and Judy Garage followed me on Instagram, and I messaged them and asked them if they were hiring, and they said eventually, yeah. So I kept up with them, and here I am. Wow. That is very cool. So, Sophia, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of blue collar work did you do? So before this, I did, let's see, coffee machine maintenance. I did uh, welding and fabrication, and I also did plasma cutting. Wow. So no auto. No auto. And that's how they, I told them straight up that I didn't know anything about auto. And they were like, you know, that's totally okay. We want to kind of mold you, teach you, and have someone in the queer community um, really be raised up and learn automotive stuff. That's when you know you're working with and for good people. Exactly. When they're trying to raise you up. That's awesome. Tyler, how about you? How did you come to know these guys? Yeah. So my background is in human services and mental health. So I've worked with children. I've worked with older adults on Medicaid. I've worked with uh, people with developmental disabilities and then got kind of burnt out on that and went into a tech startup and decided that wasn't for me either and took a break to figure out what I wanted to do and started learning Reiki with a Reiki master. And Faith and Cece hired this person to come do a space clearing on the shop. And I got invited to go and connected with Faith and Cece and applied when they opened the job. This is such an incredible story to me because you all came from such different places in your life, yet you all somehow found each other in these random ways. Like, Sophia, you were saying they started following you on Instagram, and then you went from there. And I have to ask about that. Uh, Faith, I'll ask you, when your garage started following Sophia on Instagram, like, was there a reason behind that? Was there a purpose when you started following, or was it a random follow that turned into this... I think I honestly I can't I can't say specifically that I remember exactly, but before we opened, we didn't we opened the shop in December of 2021, but we had started the Instagram and social media pages in about August, just kind of to you know see if there was interest in the community and something like this, and just kind of already have you know rec- name recognition and, and top of mind awareness before we even opened. How has business been? Because that was, you know, we're still in the pandemic at that point, and that is a very obviously risky time to open a business. But for automotive and automotive repair, how did it go? Like Faith had said, we had kind of started sort of kind of pre-marketing a little bit just through the Instagram page, social media type stuff. We had the LLC in the name, but we didn't originally, as when we started that, we didn't have the physical shop together yet. So we were in the process of acquiring equipment, looking for a space to lease, those type of things to actually put the shop together. We got it all set up and put together and announced that we were were opening. We wanted to get it up and running before the, the end of 2021. When we opened up our schedule and we allowed our customers to book online, you know, when we opened, we opened December 19th and we were fully booked for the first two weeks solid pre-booked before you know we We actually opened the doors and do you think that's because of your social media absolutely yep that's incredible we presented it as you know a new business coming to denver and in fall of 2021 we originally started the instagram and, and came up with the idea for the business in july of 2021 started the instagram i um started a facebook and just kind of, you know, teased it for a while. I didn't have an opening date or anything, but we would do, you know, updates on like 
oh, we looked at a at a building today or, oh, we bought this piece of equipment or whatever, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And then once we had a location, we would we were posting, you know, like pictures of the remodeling we were doing and, and all of that stuff. And then when we announced that we were actually going to open on the 19th, we did that about two weeks before the actual opening and allowed people to start pre-scheduling. And so we went into it with full books for about two weeks out. And then it just kind of kept going. Did that surprise you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet. Like I said, originally we had thought, you know, maybe have to hire an office person in four months, six months, something like that. And by the last day of December, we were like, yeah, we need to hire people. Oh um, yeah. Before that, I mean, it was in the second week we posted, but we were only going to hire one person at that time, I have a, another full-time job. I'm not here at the shop all the time. but And so the idea was that Cece would kind of run it as, a, as an owner-operator, you know, single person for as long as possible. And that ended up being about four days before we realized that wasn't going to be possible at all. So we posted the next week. We were intending to hire one person and we had two really awesome applicants in Tyler and Sophia. And we were like, well, let's just bite the bullet and hire them both. So we did. Yeah. Here's our family. That's awesome. That is a crazy story. And there was something that you mentioned that really spoke to me. And that is that, and Cece, you were, you were saying that you shared sort of your journey along the way with, we're going to open in two weeks. Now we've got the space or, well, it would be the reverse order, but we have the space. We're going to open in two weeks. Yeah. So while we were putting the space together, once we signed the lease um, and throughout that whole process, I was still running the machine shop. Basically, during the day, mm. I was working that job from 5 a.m. to like 5 p.m. four days a week was the schedule I worked there. And so then I would get done there, go get something to eat and then come over here and paint and work on remodeling and assembling equipment and installing equipment and all of that stuff until nine or 10 o'clock at night. And so, you know, we'd take pictures of everything mm. as we went along and stuff and like it said, you know, sort of post little teasers like, oh, yeah, look, you know, we got our lifts in today and we got got our waiting room together and got new furniture for the waiting room. And this this mm-hmm. is what we're going to have and this is what it's going to be like. And so sort of, you know, got people interested in what was going on and kind of got a buzz about it that way. And then you found Tyler and Sophia, which is awesome. Is it the four of you then? Are there any other employees or is it just you four? At the moment, it's just the four of us. <laughs> It's really the three of you. I don't, I mean, I'm here once a week for an hour or two anymore, honestly. Like I, you know, Cece and I started the business and, you know, laid it out and all of that. And like I say, I have a a different career that I do, but it's really these three that run and and operate this place anymore. I'm kind of. Help with the books and the business and you still do a lot of the the marketing and the social media stuff. And yeah, you're doing a lot still, Faith. More than you realize, I think. Yeah, I think so. But I, you know, I don't want to take too much credit for all the um, the good stuff they've got going on here. The, these three are the ones that are here every day and making the customers happy and all of that. So we've, we got lucky. Well, you can definitely tell from just the short conversation we've had that it's a it's definitely a team effort. And I get the feeling that no matter who's got what job, that you all care equally, which is awesome. It's like, that's the perfect team right there. We've turned into a family, so. Yeah. Yeah, and we're so lucky to have gotten, you know, two really invested and and capable and competent and awesome employees right out of the gate. And they, you know, these two have really helped us build this business and they're as responsible for 
I mean, they've been here since day eight. So, you know, they're, they're as responsible for the success of this garage as CC and I. And that's, I mean, and that, that's kind of, it, it ties back to that. I mean, you know, when you like ask Sophia about not having background in the automotive industry and stuff, it's sort of that we approach this shop with a different management strategy than maybe a lot of shops do. And the goal was to sort of be a family like that and to have people that are have the right heart and the right attitude that really want to take care of the customers, that really want to develop and learn and help be a part of, of what we're doing here. That was more important to us maybe than even some of the technical abilities because I can teach people the technical skills. There's a side of that that you can't really teach, though, in terms of how they interact with people, how they approach the world. And so we got really super lucky and have really sort of stuck to that plan in terms of sort of having that tie together as a group and really caring and really taking care of people because that's kind of ties into the business model. Um, and it's, it's sort of, you know, what we were going for in terms of the whole package. Yeah, it was important to us, too, to be an employer for queer people. I mean, obviously, we can't, you know, market ourselves as only employing queer people. But, you know, from the standpoint of when we when we decided we were going to start looking for employees, you know, we wanted to make it clear that we were, you know, a, a safe employer for for people in the queer community. And that would, that's kind of just been really our, our dream since we came up with the idea and decided to open the shop is that we would be, hopefully, you know, if circumstances allowed, we would be a fully queer operated auto shop as well. There are so many things that you guys have mentioned that are so great about what you do. So because this podcast is called Uniquely Small Biz, what would you say the most unique thing is about your business. It's tough for me to choose. I was going to suggest, but there have been so many unique things. Like what would you say the most unique thing is? Uh, well, I think there's a couple of things. You know, I think that, you know, the way that we just structure our business and the service we provide is unique in the automotive industry. We we serve a very unique demographic, and because of that, we, you know, we're structured a little bit differently, but also not just wanting to be a good business, but also being good employers and being you know, a safe space for employees is probably just about as important to us as it was to be a safe business for patrons as well. So and that that um, was really one of the I mean, that was sort of the main inspiration was, when, like I said, when I was looking at myself and transitioning myself, it was like, where could I go to work that I that's going to be a safe place that's I'm not going to be harassed or, you know, not have any problems with those kind of things. And so when we decided to do this, sort of ensuring that it's that way for the patrons, the employees, for everyone, has always just kind of been definitely a top priority. And I think also with when it comes to this business in particular, not your business, but the business of auto repair, there's also the issue of that is an industry as a consumer where you're a little bit worried when you go to a shop, am I being taken advantage of? I don't know how to fix a car. So my biggest worry is where can I go to find that honest mechanic that I can trust? So just in talking to you guys, I can tell that you're honest people. I have no doubt in my mind that if I brought my car to you, you would be completely honest. But I think that, and I would hope you would agree that loyalty plays into this a lot. You're very supportive of the LGBTQ community for sure, but then there's the loyalty aspect from your consumers, I would imagine, 
for that and from just being good, honest people. Absolutely. I think that people come to us to get honest work done and they continue returning. I've seen some people come three, four times for different things just because they know that we're not going to, you know, beat around the bush with them. We're going to be straightforward. And if they want an explanation, we'll give them an explanation. It's not just trying to throw big words at them and expect them to comply. It's them wanting to understand their car because they actually care and knowing that we will give them that. Yeah. It's, it's sort of been my twofold approach to it. You know, as we kind of developed it and stuff, it was like, yeah, one, it's going to be a safe space and we're, we're going to be LGBTQ plus friendly, all of those things. But the other side of that is, is always on my end. I look at it and say, everything we do needs to be technically correct. Like we need to have the best equipment. We need to have, you know, great employees. We need to provide a real legit service that's that's correct you know otherwise everything else kind of loses its value at least to the customers and so to try to maintain both sides of that's been been super important to us yeah we're we're trying to be you know we're fully transparent as well i mean our customers are welcome back here in the shop area if they want to see what's going on there they're welcome back we're not hiding anything you know so, you know, CC has has had customers that have booked time just to learn how to work on their own vehicles. There's a lot of, of people that have wanted to learn, you know, more about their own vehicles, but haven't had the opportunity or, or felt safe doing so. And so, you know, we're also a, a place where people can ask questions that, you know, maybe they'd be embarrassed to ask somewhere else. I think that would bring you a lot of loyalty as well with, you know, you actually bringing them back and teaching them how to work on their own cars. I mean... Who does that? Nobody does that. I was going to ask you what's unique about your customer service experience or about the customer service experience, but you kind of just answered it. I know that you also have a really fun waiting room, right? So that's one thing and a community store. So can you talk a little bit about both of those things? Yeah. So we have a very nice like waiting area. We've got really comfortable couches. We've got Wi-Fi. We've got coffee. And then we also have our shop where we have a lot of mostly like local queer folks sell like different art things or like stickers or pins and it's really neat to like see people from the community be able to like share their art and stuff here and it's really fun yeah to have people buy it and like have that community do you have local artists that will come in and say hey i know you sell local art can i like i don't need my car fixed but can i sell my art in your store and you just take a percentage or however you work it out with them yeah yeah Absolutely. And that was another thing that kind of stemmed from the Instagram as we were putting the waiting room together and talking to some friends and some people we know that are artists and things like that. They're like, we kind of collaborated with them and they're like, yeah, you know, we could we could sell some of our, our stuff there, or, you know, provide you with a little gallery sort of space and potentially sell some of our stuff. And so it kind of became a, an idea to be like, we put it out there. Hey, any of our followers any of the people that are that are watching our social media, if you're an artist or you're a creator, or, you know, you have little things like this that we can put in our space and help you out by giving you a, a physical place to sell it as opposed to a lot of them had just been sort of doing it online. We wanted to give them that opportunity. And so that kind of took off and that's sort of where that that came from. We don't really make any money on it on our end particularly, but we do it as sort of a, you know, 
give people a, a space for their stuff to be seen and for their their works and their art and all of that to be seen and sold. And That's awesome. It's been a lot of fun and met some cool people. And You guys are such good people. I just love all of you. You're so nice. And you've done so much for the community. It's just awesome. It's so good to see. I'm so glad we got to do this today. I mean, you probably know the answer to this. Have you gained new clientele from artists that have had the intention initially just to come in and display their art or sell their art? And then while they're there, they're like, you know what? You guys are pretty cool letting me do this. I'm going to start bringing my car to you. I think it started with people that were coming in for their car stuff and then saw the art and asked to sell their art there. But I know some folks have like shared the space with their friends who are artists and like brought them in that way. So that's cool. They've come in and wanted to share their art. It's like a big community hug. Yeah. And in terms of our, our customer base and stuff in general, I mean, it's it's kind of a lot of that that networking type, whether it's through the social media stuff or whether it's, you know, word of mouth within the community. We've had a ton of referrals from other customers, people that are like, oh, you know, my neighbor brings their car to you guys. And they said, you know, you're we're not actually LGBTQ or anything, but they said you're a, a great shop, that you guys are friendly, that you're, you know, like, kind of like you said, we're looking for a trustworthy, honest place. And so we have customers that fall into that demographic just kind of across the board. It's It's been a lot okay. of fun. Yeah, vendors become customers. Yeah, some of People our vendors the, have become customers. You know, in the uh, commercial plex we're in here have become customers. So. That's neat. What would you say your demo is? I'd have to run some data on that. I would would say that our majority of our customers are probably in the queer community, probably, what do you think, 20 to 40 years old? What do you guys think? You'd see more than I I'd say I 80% of customers are probably in the queer community between 20 and 45, I'd say. And then everyone else, you know, people within this neighborhood, referrals, neighbors of people who've been here before, and then just people that find us online randomly sometimes. Yeah. Well, you guys have had... A lot of five-star reviews, I noticed. And you've done press. You're doing this podcast. You're definitely out there and getting in front of, you know, people that can deliver your message or help you deliver your message. Obviously, we've talked about your social media, which is incredible. So what is your approach to marketing? Do you do any marketing aside from just kind of what I listed or is there more to it? Yeah, we haven't haven't done a whole lot. You know, we've had a lot of media interest and so we've pretty much done every thing that comes our way. I mean, we've done local news, we've done PBS, we've done newspapers, podcasts, a couple of magazine interviews. Mostly we do social media. We have a, a marketing analyst, I guess is the best way is, I guess what, what he's called that, you know, does kind of our SEO and our website stuff and makes suggestions for us on, on things we can change. And there's been a lot of success in that. We did First Friday Art Walk. Yep. We've done some community events. We're going to do some more community events in June. We have some friends that own businesses that, you know, put our stuff there. You know, they've got like our little stickers and stuff on their doors or whatever. Anything else you can think of? I think that, I mean, that pretty much covers it. That's a lot. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff is anytime we can, we try to do, if role marketing in sort of with a good cause, kind of like you yeah. mentioned about the first Friday art walk thing up here and stuff, or, you know, to get, anytime we can get involved with any kind of the charitable things and stuff like that, we, we usually jump on that. Truthfully, we don't really do a lot of like traditional advertising in any way, mm-hmm. as far as, 
you know, running print ads or billboard ads or anything, any of that kind of stuff. It's all mostly been, mostly been online. Also word of mouth is very powerful for us. That's been a huge one, you know, especially within the community, people go to a social event or go to a bar or somewhere and they're talking to their friend and, you know, somebody's like, oh yeah, my, my car broke today and this and that. And they're like, oh, have you heard about? <laughs> what a great segue. <laughs> and yeah. And so that, that's been a, that's been a huge, huge one. We don't do a lot of paid advertising, I guess is, is the point. We haven't really had to yet. I mean, you guys are doing all the right things. And I feel like there's a common thread with these small businesses that I talk to on Uniquely Small Biz that the more entrenched you are in the community and you have that capability being a small business, the more success you have. Once you get that loyalty, you get in front of your community and they believe in you and you want to help them. I mean, how great is that? No matter what kind of business you have. So it seems like you guys, I mean, I'm no expert, but it's just definitely a common thread that just popped into my mind while talking to you that all of these small businesses have is community is key. And it sounds like you guys have mastered that. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think too, like, especially as a queer person, like safety is so important. There are so many places I've walked into with my partner that like doesn't feel safe and like to have somewhere that feels safe. And being able to share that with friends in the community is, is huge to be able to go somewhere, a space that doesn't typically feel very safe or comfortable and to know that you can come here and feel safe and seen and heard and show up just how you are is, is really big. Yeah. Especially in this business. I mean, and it's like you had kind of touched on it. I mean, getting your car repaired and stuff like that is something that causes anxiety for people, no matter what demographic or background they are. And so to be advertised as a safe space and be a safe space and sort of be open ourselves kind of gives people that that comfort level, I think, that helps take the edge off that. I think absolutely. Absolutely. What would you say is next for you guys? Are you happy with one location? Do you want to expand? Do you have goals? Or are you just happy where you are, which is a totally okay answer? I think overall, I mean, we have a, we kind of have a long-term plan also Initially, right now, we're still trying to utilize the space we're in the best possible way. We still have some overhead for growth here and some opportunity here in terms of the amount of business that we can turn through the shop, sort of our efficiency levels and some of those things. We do also, you know, eventually we're looking to hopefully have at least one more location here in the metro area, potentially a few other things. It's something Faith and I kind of talk about and sort of work on and discuss you know, we're always looking to the future, always looking forward, looking for new opportunities and those type of things. So, well, the community loves you. Keep up the good work, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was really nice talking to all of you today. Thank you for your time. Thank Absolutely. You. Now, joining us is the Assistant Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion and Employee Engagement at Selective Insurance, Gloria Ellis. So, Gloria, first question I have for you is the Good Judy Garage used social media to find potential employees that they thought would be a good fit for their business. So I want to know what advice you would have for other business owners when it comes to inclusive recruiting? Yes, I was very excited to hear Good Judy, their plan. So their plan was they they went out with their social media 
prior to actually opening their business. And they really targeted those businesses that they knew were going to be the demographic that they were going to market to. And I think that's a great strategy. Understand who your customer is. And so for business owners that are looking for employees, I think it's important to identify those places and spaces that you haven't been And that may perhaps would even push you outside of your comfort zone, right? So what I like to say within Selective is let's do things differently, right? If we want to bring in diverse employees, for example, and create these inclusive spaces, we need to make sure that we're bringing in individuals that aren't identical to us, right? That that have a diversity of thought, we like to say. And um, I think it's important for you to identify and then go to those places that you haven't historically knocked on their doors, whether it's through digital and social media or even in person. I still think that human touch is very important. Again, I think it's um, it's about stretching yourself, challenging yourself, challenging your biases as well. We all have them um, and we all like to work with people that are very similar to us, right? But it's actually research has shown that uh, the more diverse the teams are, then the better the business outcome is. So um, I like to share that little bit of tidbit to uh, business owners because it really is about making sure that you're positioning your business within the community for sustainability. Well, and I absolutely, without a doubt, feel that the Good Judy Garage has a business model that has been built on inclusion, right? So what, what types of things can other businesses do if they want to create a similar environment? First and foremost, what a name, right? The name itself really uh, aligns with their commitment to being inclusive. And when they explained how they landed on the good Judy name, and I think your comment was, who doesn't love Judy Garland, which I was like, absolutely. So I think you show your commitment first. If, if it's not in your name, perhaps in a mission statement or maybe publicizing what your your values are as an organization. Have those core values that align with inclusion. You'll hear me speak about commitment to building these safe spaces as what the Good Judy Garage, they spoke about it often, about it was very important to them to build these safe spaces for customers as well as employees to come in, be their true authentic selves and to feel just safe. And so I think their story is um, one that should be celebrated and emulated, hopefully, for other small businesses who are truly committed to building those safe spaces and being inclusive as far as their employee within their recruitment and as well as uh their customer base, not only for those that identify with the community that they um, are targeting, but also for the allies. One thing that you said that really stood out just now that I want to highlight, because I think it is so important for any business, is be yourself, be the real you. And that will come back to you twofold. And this is a business, it's obviously a small business in a very tight-knit community. And I think that them just continuing to be themselves is going to work out so well for them uh, going forward in in the short term and long term. Absolutely. And I think sharing your story, I think is really important. So as small business owners go out into the community, we all have a story. We didn't just land and we're how we show up successful. I think it's important. They have such a unique story 
for them to share that story. They've done a great job as far as utilizing social media. Very well said. You know, the good Judy Garage uses social media to connect with the LGBTQ plus community to drive customer loyalty. That's obviously huge for them. But if I'm another business, how can I connect with both of those in my community and my community allies? Very good question. I I think the good Judy utilizing social media, even before they launched, was uh, definitely great model for them. I think that every business owner really has to look at their business plan, who their target market is, know your customers, right? Do they utilize social media or would it be better? I think um, what I heard from the Good Judy Garage is that they don't use a lot of the traditional advertisement, but perhaps if it's a community-based small business, Perhaps some of the local, like a local paper, if you know, most of those have went digital or, you know, there's typically some type of community newsletter that gets solicited at a, you know, Saturday morning farmer's market. So again, it's really understanding who you're trying to target and how they best want to receive their information. And that goes to, into some, you know, understanding the customer experience. And that's the same for every Every community, whether you're targeting a specific demographic, a specific gender, I think it's important just to understand sound business foundations and then to utilize those from a business standpoint. So it's very important for small business owners to understand where their opportunities may lie. And if it's in the technology area, to bring someone in and to help them establish what that presence is that they want and what platform they want to be on. They don't have to necessarily be on all platforms. I also loved that. I had never heard of any business doing it, but I feel like they do a good job of this, how they have the local artists display their artwork right in the front of the shop. So if you're walking past their garage, you can see this display of art and that catches your eye. What a brilliant way to not only give back to the community and let artists showcase their work, but you may get business out of that. I mean, they they made a point of saying like, you know, a lot of the customers are like, oh, I could display my artwork here. This is awesome. So I really like that aspect too. I thought that was so creative and so smart. I like the way they're connecting with the community through the artist. So um, again, I applaud them for their, for their model and for their innovation. I do too. And I feel like CC could repair anything. Like after talking to them, I'm like, CC knows all. (laughs) I know. Absolutely. So the team at Good Judy, they estimate that 20% of their business comes from outside the LGBTQ plus community. So what advice would you have for a business that serves a particular community? That's a really good question. I I believe that you you market to all people, right? And then the spaces that they're building within their organization have been very specific to create those safe spaces for a very specific problem. So I think Yes, you don't have to just like, you know, identify with the LGBTQ plus community to want to understand more about how to service or maintain your car. So I think their model is excellent. I think it's understanding that um, really it's about inclusion, right? So including all people, um, knowing that their business will be very successful as they continue to broaden that 20%, they're going to build their customer base, but they've, they've done it the right way because they understand it's not just the community, but their allies as well. 
We kind of touched on this earlier, but I want to revisit it if it's okay with you, Glory. You know, one of the, I think the most unique things about the Good Judy Garage is how how real they are and how true to themselves they are. I think that's a very unique characteristic for some businesses. Yes, absolutely. And what I heard from not only the owners, but was also the two employees that on day on day eight that they reached out and hired is that they feel very comfortable with bringing their authentic self, showing up and being their real, per, you know, who they are. I think that's really critical to creating that inclusive environment and safe spaces. Thank you for sharing. The Assistant Vice President of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion, Employee Engagement at Selective Insurance, Gloria Ellis, thank you so much for being on with us today. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Uniquely Small Biz with Good Judy Garage and Selective's Gloria Ellis. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review in the podcast store and tune in next month for more inspiring stories from real small business owners. I'm Carolyn McArdle, and this has been Uniquely Small Biz from Selective Insurance. Selective Insurance.